Welcome to the Better Than Healthy podcast, where I help you go beyond the numbers and rules you were taught about health to create the results that you really want, feeling better, consistently taking care of yourself and loving yourself more. I'm your host, Ashley Braffman. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode. So I have a quicker one for you because I just want to share a example of taste cravings for you because I think cravings is one of those things that for years and years dieting, it was trying to find those ways to reduce cravings because cravings were something that I was going to give into and these things that were going to cause issues. And they can be such a focus of so many diet promises, so many weight loss programs that are going to help you manage cravings or curb cravings, whatever the catchy phrase is for working with cravings. And it's a kind of a common theme that people are nervous and apprehensive and a little bit scared of their cravings because they bring up resistance. They bring up that fight, that place where you need the willpower is around cravings because usually the craving isn't for food that's on plan or part of the diet or part of the eating plan or part of what's considered the healthy lifestyle change. So it can make it more fearful when those cravings do come up because it's this temptation to eat something you're not supposed to. A lot of times, not always, but a lot of times that's where in dieting that space around cravings can go. Hence, all those tips that are out there around reducing cravings, managing cravings, eliminating cravings. And cravings really is just a desire for something. It doesn't mean that you have to have it. It doesn't mean that you have to avoid it. It's really just a moment of like, oh, that sounds good. Or a craving for a specific food. And sometimes we don't even know why, but we want something. So that can even be when someone has low iron levels and they start craving beef because they usually, red meats have a little bit more iron for our body to absorb. There are other foods too, but that's just one example. And so the cravings can be just taste or sometimes it can be our body communicating some sort of need to us. And where we can really run into problems with cravings is when we are trying to, anytime you try to use willpower, anytime you try to resist them and push them away, it can really build on top of the craving. So the example I was thinking of, because I just experienced this a couple weeks ago when I saw a watermelon in store and I was like, ah, oh, it's getting warm out like a watermelon just sounds so delicious. But because I was going away in a couple of days, I was like, I'm not going to be able to use it up in time. So I don't want to buy a whole watermelon because I knew we weren't going to be able to eat it before it went bad. And I know you can buy halves or quarters or different sizes where they're already cut up, but I swear it's just not as good as when you get the whole one and you cut it yourself. So that week I was at my parents' house and I saw that they had a watermelon. And it had been a couple of days since I had been to the store and I was like, ooh, that's going to be so good. And so when we cut it up and had to put it in the fridge for a while because I like watermelon cold, I remember eating it and being like, this is the best watermelon I've ever tasted and being so satisfied and loving it so much. And after I finished what I had like put on my plate, I was like, oh, I just have to have some more. And so I put some more on my plate and it like was seriously, I was just sitting there like, this is the best watermelon I've ever had. Then an interesting thing happened for me the next day when I was eating the same watermelon and why I wanted to talk about this in a podcast episode. Because the next day, eating the watermelon, 
One, didn't want nearly as much. Like I wasn't like, oh, let me have a second helping of watermelon. And two, I was like, this just, it's a good watermelon, but it's not like this outstanding watermelon. It wasn't the same experience that I had eating the same watermelon like 12 hours before because I had it for breakfast the next day. So what's the difference? And really difference between the two, because I was like, oh, watermelon sounds good for breakfast. Like I had a little bit of a craving for it that day. But when we have those true taste cravings, and I'm not necessarily talking about ones where it's like wanting to emotionally eat or avoid and seeking some sort of food for that. But when it's just something that sounds so good and we just have the desire for it and we try to delay and say no, is it can create this little bit of effect for us of it's like building like the suspense basically is what it's doing. It's like, oh, it'll be so good. It's like all that time spent thinking about how delicious it tastes, but being like, oh, I can't have it. Really, I don't know. Suspense is the only word I can think of right now for it. There's a different one that I'm trying to remember, but not coming to me right now. Um, But that time building that creates that experience of like, you've hyped up how good it's going to be to myself that then that experience, it had been so long since I had watermelon that it was so, so good that I wanted more. And it wasn't satisfied with the amount that I would normally be satisfied with. And that's not a problem, but it's looking at how we treat cravings most of the time. Because most of the time, if we're not in the intuitive eating space where we're allowing ourselves to have more food, when we approach bad foods, now we're shifting a little bit to foods that you may have more drama around than watermelon because, I mean, watermelon is just fruit, even though I know wasn't there a lot of like people saying watermelon had too much sugar or something, some weird, you know, diet culture thing. Anyway, if we think about foods that are fatty or sugary or any of those different foods that are considered those bad ones, those unhealthy ones, usually that we can't have very often because they're not good for us and we have to limit Whenever we're talking about those and we have cravings for those, usually it's like, I can only have one, or I should only have one, or I can't have it too often. So when we have those cravings, we have a lot of those times when we're building suspense, and then that leads to those different times where it's like, where it takes more almost to satisfy that craving because it seems like more of a rare thing versus something that is allowed at any point in our diet. Because when it's something that's allowed at any point in our diet and we honor those cravings more regularly, we are satisfied with a much smaller amount. And I find I experience less cravings, but that could also be because it feels like you're experiencing a lot more cravings when you're thinking about the cravings all the time. And I remember spending a lot of time thinking about the foods I was craving and like looking forward to that cheat meal or that cheat day and being like, oh, it's going to be so good when I'm finally allowed to have the pizza or the ice cream or the donut, whatever I designated as that cheat food for that day when I was on a diet. I spent all this time thinking about how good it was going to be that like at that time I would we eat way too much, but it was limited of like, I could only have it at this time. And then of course, afterwards, it's like, see, this is why that food has to be limited. Because if I don't limit it, and I let myself have it, then I just eat way too much of it. But it's that cycle that we end up creating by not honoring those cravings when they do come up. And not saying that every single craving you have to honor, because I mean, there are different times where like, crave a food and I'm like, I don't think that would sit well in my stomach. And I lovingly say no. And like, that's okay too. It doesn't just have to be saying yes every time a craving comes up, but truly evaluating the reasons why behind it. And like, I still liked my reason of saying no 
to buying that whole watermelon because I just knew I'd have it for like a day or two. It would not get through very much. And I didn't like the idea of wasting it. So I liked that reason. I just still thought that experience of when I did eat watermelon to be interesting and really illustrating that effect that can happen with cravings and the way it's approached in a lot of like health eating is trying to avoid our cravings. And that can lead to more cravings and spending more time thinking about those cravings and those foods and really building up that suspense that leads to then eating more than we may want to and eating more than we probably would if we weren't trying to be restrictive and controlling of ourselves around that food and instead adopted more of that trusting relationship with food. All right. Well, that's this week's episode. A nice, short and sweet one for you. All right. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Better Than Healthy podcast. If you want to learn to trust yourself around foods, you can stop overeating and feel more comfortable in your body. I want to invite you to join my coaching program. Come visit me at foodpeacenutrition.com to learn more.